0: Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. If you would like more information about First Baptist Church of Silva, please visit firstbaptistsilva.com. By my count, I am one of several people in the world who can speak authoritatively about resurrection. Let me think. Here's Jairus' daughter... She was dead and brought back to life. And then there was that young man already in a casket in a town called Nain. Of course, there's Jesus. He was most certainly dead. And then there's me. I'm Lazarus. Yes, yes, you you know my story. I get asked about it all the time, mostly by children. Adults seem spooked about my experience and frequently back away from me when they learn who I am. I'm Jesus' friend, and I got sick, and I died. I guess it's a blur. What I do remember is being awakened. And then confused, and then clumsy because it's hard to move when you're wrapped up in your burial cloths. I heard Jesus' voice. I heard him call me by name. He said, Lazarus, come out. And well, I obeyed. I know firsthand what it's like to be dead and to be resurrected. To really understand resurrection, you've got to first understand death. Like I said, I don't have a great memory of what death was like. It was, well, nothing. I mean, I I, I can appreciate how it sounds comforting, but it was just a void, a, a blank space. You don't dream when you're dead. My understanding of death came from my sister's experience, Mary and Martha. I think y'all know them. Yes, they, they went on and on and told me about how distraught they were with grief, how they were surrounded by family as they mourned and went through the burial rites. They were hurting. You see, it really was just the two, the three of us, myself and my two sisters, They also are quick to remind me about Jesus and about how let down they felt. How forgotten they felt because Jesus arrived late. And they were angry. They were sad. They were resigned to to death and yet also maybe a bit hopeful that Jesus could do something Grief is a big part of this story, that is resurrection. What you need to know is that my sisters, when I died, my sisters had not hired anyone to mourn. Now, y'all may not be familiar with this, but in our setting, when someone died and you wanted to demonstrate how important they were, you would hire professional mourners. They would come and they would line the streets and be inside and outside and they would wail and they would cry it would demonstrate to the community how important the beloved and dearly departed was to the family (laughs) my sister didn't need to hire them they didn't need them to come around with their little pieces of pottery that they would hold to their cheek to catch the tears to prove to those who had hired them that they had actually weeped and mourned and done the job that they had hired for no no My family didn't have to do that. They didn't need to. For you see, everyone wept. Everyone was hurting. Even Jesus wept at the reality of my death. I know now that my family cycled through all the different expressions of grief, denial. This isn't happening. Bargaining. Jesus, if you'd only been here, Anger. Jesus, if you had only been here. And then depression. I was raised too quickly, I suppose, for acceptance to set in. But I've learned since then how important it is to grieve. In our tradition, grieving extensively is part of the experience. Instead of just trying to hide it and try to just say, I'm okay, which we all know are lies. We're not okay when we grieve. Whether it's the loss of a loved one, a relationship, a job, a hope, a possibility. When those things end, we grieve. If you act like you're not grieving, people are frequently confused and hurt by your response to the world. Most people that I know who are angry and judgmental, anxious, even sad, are all grieving something. Keep in mind, y'all, Jesus grieved. He grieved for me. The tomb requires some attention here also. You can't appreciate resurrection without death, and death is final. The tomb, your grave, is truly a dead end. When I looked back, at the tomb that I was called out of, when I looked back, I shuddered. Even with my resurrected self, I looked into the darkness and recognized how a stone had been rolled there, how I was sealed away. How I was utterly disconnected. I know the process. Y'all may be familiar with it too, when When one of us died, we would be placed in a tomb. And then for a year, the family would mourn. A year. And in that time, the body would decompose. And on the anniversary of the death, we'd go back. We'd roll the stone away. We'd collect the bones, place them in an ossuary with the rest of our family. In the end, y'all, all all that's left of us will be our bones. What is it it says in the Bible? Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Y'all, you can't talk about resurrection without talking about grief. And you can't talk about resurrection without talking about the tomb, about the grave, about the reality of separation. I mean, that's what death is. It means being separated from from those we love. It means not ever being able to be reconciled. Ah, but then there's resurrection. I like to think of it as a new awakening. I told you before there was nothing and then I heard Jesus' voice and I could not help but to be awake. It was it was truly newness. It was like mourning. It was like being reborn with limitless possibilities forever and ever. I mean, talk about stepping out of my grave and into a new reality. There was a kind of hope and optimism I had never felt before. One of the first things that Jesus said when when I was resurrected, was for me to to shed the cloths that bound me. That part of the resurrection reality means being unbounded. It means free and liberated to live into a completely new reality without the trappings of death and grief and loss that have colored and defined everything that had come before. It's scary, isn't it? I know. But it's also exhilarating. So I, I understand all the questions about Jesus' resurrection. All I have to do is listen to the accounts or read them. There's, there's things that it's hard to make sense of it. I, I get it. I understand. I, I can't help but to chuckle because I know why there's confusion. Remember, I've been through this. When Jesus was resurrected, people said there was a, a blinding light and that the earth shook. Yes. Yes, indeed. Resurrection is unnatural and supernatural as the divine breaks in to our world. You absolutely have got to believe that there's going to be a blinding light, that everything, all of creation, will shake with the vibration of God's power and might and love. When Jesus was raised from the dead, You'll notice that there were messengers. You've heard this. There were messengers to help explain what had happened. Yes. God does not intend for this to be a mystery. God wants for us to get it right. And it's hard to get it right when it defies all kinds of explanation. Also, resurrection doesn't happen in isolation. And being raised from the dead is not intended to be something mysterious or macabre. Other people, other messengers and their testimonies of what happened are critically important. You'll notice a recurring theme. Jesus told our friends to tell others. Tell others. Let other people know. So, yes, when Jesus was raised from the dead, there was a lot of confusion People didn't recognize the the resurrected Christ. They they saw him, but they didn't know who he was. It's not an accident, y'all. Jesus was mistaken for a gardener, a fisherman on the shore, a traveler on the road, a ghost. Y'all, the people were not daft. Jesus was resurrected. He was different. He was himself, but also not like he was before. Jesus wasn't who he used to be. He had been resurrected and now was brand new. I know it's confusing. He was the same as he was, but he's different. He was different when he was raised from the dead, but the same as he was before dying. It's true. Resurrection has all kinds of contradictions. You may have noticed that Jesus didn't want Mary to hold on to him because he was not who he once was and who he is now. Jesus had scars and was unmistakable upon investigation, but people couldn't place him. Jesus' voice sounded different. People were unable to connect it with the Jesus they remembered, and Jesus showed up in different places at odd times in impossible ways. So perhaps the word transformed makes the most sense here. Resurrection is like that. You're a new creation. Resurrected, redeemed individuals don't look like they once did. That's what's so amazing about resurrection. Resurrection is so much better than death. Resurrection means being changed for good. Not only do you have to not be afraid of death and resurrection, resurrection is something to look forward to. And it's something that can happen in life, in this life, long before your bones are buried in a grave. It occurs to me that this still may be hard to take in that it's difficult to wrap our heads around. And it's true. The tomb is far less complicated. Grief is certainly easier to get your head around. You simply react and live according to your feelings of loss. Resurrection, though, is a brand new frontier. No one knows exactly what the new life will look like, and that can be scary. I mean, you may find this hard to believe, but sometimes people will choose the tomb, the grave, grief, rather than stepping out of darkness into the uncertainty of a new life. They prefer death to newness. Ultimately, resurrection can happen in this world long before our bodies fade away. To put it simply for me, resurrection means hearing Jesus' voice and obeying his command to come out of death. That's what resurrection is for me. Hearing Jesus call me by name. Recognize that I'm worth being called out by name of the grave. Resurrection means obedience to the one who calls me and courage to step out of darkness into the newness of life. There's an expectation when you experience resurrection that you share your story with others. So here it is. I'm Jesus' friend. And he raised me from the dead because he loves me. And well, you're Jesus' friends also, right? Right? His disciples. Because, of course, for Jesus, being a disciple and a friend, they're one and the same. Which means, of course, that he will resurrect you from whatever grave you find yourself in right now. Just listen for his voice. And do what he says. And you will be changed for good. Let us pray. Change us for good, O God. Allow us the ability to breathe deeply newness of life, that we remember our baptism and, and that great gasp that we felt as the Holy Spirit embodied us and filled our lungs and our hearts. Allow us, God, to recognize and to remember that that day, that moment, Holy Spirit sealed upon our heart now and forevermore and that because of our immersion into death with Christ Jesus we will be resurrected to newness of life with him so God please allow us to drop the trappings of death and grief and loss they wore well for a season God but it's time for us to put them aside to lean into a new redeemed and resurrected future, to be the disciple and friend that you call us to be to you and to one another as we proclaim that you are risen, O Lord. Allow us to inaugurate this Easter season with joy and love reconciliation, and peace. Allow us, God, to be transformed inside and out. Truly, allow us to be changed for good. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.